Hey, beloved, welcome to another chapter, another amazing chapter of the book of Sean. Glad you tuned in. It's going to be a ride, people. We're going to have a good time tonight. And not because the subject is going to be necessarily happy the whole time, but it's something all of us can relate to. We're all going to indict ourselves tonight because there's nobody watching. There's nobody listening. There's nobody even in this studio who is not considered what the perfect person for them is and happens to be. Either you think you found the perfect person or you're still looking for the perfect person. But all of us have an idea of what it means to find what we're looking for. And all of us have some sense of what it is we're looking for. You know who it is and what it is you're looking for. Don't act like you don't. Either he's tall, dark, and handsome, or short, light-skinned, and cute. I don't know. <laughs> Either she's shapely and thick, or she's thin. Whatever it is, you have something in your head, an idea of what the perfect person for you happens to be. Right? My guest tonight has an idea of what is perfect for her. The problem is life won't cooperate. <laughs> life keeps acting up. What do you do when you have a sense of what you want and what you need, but life keeps sending you people who don't conform to what it is you believe and think happens to be best for you? Do you need to make adjustments, or do you continue to go the direction that you're going in? That's what we're going to learn tonight. We're going to learn how to reimagine what is perfect for us, and maybe even to understand that in order to demand perfection, one must first be perfect. Okay. Welcome to the show tonight, my guest, Madison Chase. <laughs> hey, Miss Madison. Hello. How are you? I am absolutely, I feel good today. Today's a good day. Yes. Yeah. It is. And you, how do you feel? I am excited to be here. Good. Like, I really enjoyed watching your show, so I'm really excited to uh, get your advice. Listen, we always love people who watch the show. So, so, so we love you already, Madison. All right? So let's get into it, because you represent life's most interesting and probably most popular subject, and that is love, romance, relationship. I want to begin by asking you this, this question. So I'm going to give you three options, and okay. you tell me which one of these options best describe your pursuit of the perfect one. Has it been easy? Option one. Has it been painful? Option two. Or has it been disappointing? Option three. Which one? Oh, man. I would say disappointing. How so? Um, How so? Yeah. I think it's been disappointing because I've always had this idea of what I wanted my husband to look like, my children to look like. And I've always had this image that my I would have kids that look like me, that I would have a little girl who looked like Lupita Nyong'o, like the little version of her, just beautiful. But um, so I think, you know, not actually meeting that person that kind of would help me get to that you know, that dream that I've always had for myself in relationships. And then I have really great friends who uh, I've seen them do relationships well. And so I think for me, having that best friend, friend zone that turns into something more, uh, it hasn't happened for me. So I think I'm really leaning into opening my borders to more nationalities. Mm. Uh, and that's a hard place for me to be, especially considering the times that we're in, mm -hmm. that I am very pro-community. I'm very pro-HBCU. Uh, I'm very pro all of those things. So, you know, leaning into what I think would possibly be ideal for me, because I'm a different kind of Black girl. So, you know, I'm eclectic. I'm an artist. Uh, I like to write, I like science fiction, I like reading. So I'm a, a lot of things that I think oftentimes doesn't fit in that box of, you know, being this girl that fits with this particular guy. So um, that's what I'm leaning into. And I'm hoping you could help me kind of figure that out. And so the disappointment has been because you've had to, I'm asking this is a question, not a statement, has been okay. because you've had to give up on some of your uh, prior notions or is the disappointment because you are literally being forced out into new areas that you would not normally want to go into? 
I would say definitely what you just said. Like mm. I always felt like growing up, um, I had this idea of what I wanted. And I feel like because of um, just a lot of things, the, the, the justice system and where a lot of our men are and, you know, in, in spaces. And I think growing up, I had this idea that this is what I wanted my husband to look like. But if I look at the relationships that I've had in terms of, you know, dating men who look like me, who are the reflection of me, Mm -hmm. uh, that they haven't had the best endings. You know, I I Mm. feel like, you know, my last, um, almost serious relationship, he was much older and um, he'd been married before mm-hmm. and, you know, I'd never saw myself dating someone considerably older than me, but I was open to it. And he was African-American and he had a career and, you know, he, he was successful uh, on some levels. Uh, and so I thought, you know, this is it, but I didn't necessarily see myself dating someone older or marrying someone older, but I feel like now um, being back in Texas, because I used to live on the West Coast, and uh, I thought, you know, surely this is a more artist-driven place, and I could find someone who's kind of eclectic like me, who's vegan like me, so all of those things that I'm interested in, I like golf, I like, you know, science fiction, which is, I, I let my dog sleep at the bottom of the bed, so, you know, there there are some things culturally that we're not as open to. Um, so I thought that this relationship would work, but it it didn't. So I think the disappointment is I'm not, I've tried, right? Like I've been on dating apps. I've been on a dating show. I've done all of those things. And, you know, <laughs> and I, because my background's in sales as well, I've really like, I'm going to make this thing work. I'm going to date like a, you know, like I'm going to have a little basketball team. I'm going to have the starting players. I'm going to have like, I've been very intentional about, you know, saying the things that I desire in terms of having a relationship and, you know, getting married. So, so tell me, like- ho- Madison, hold on. Tell me why you think it keeps going in the wrong direction. I think it keeps going in the wrong direction because I grew up in a single parent home, right? And so what I see in my friends, like one of my friends, she met her husband when she was 19 and she's been married for like 40 plus years. And my other friend, she's been married for 20 years. And what I see is they're like best friends. And that friendship evolved into a great relationship and that great relationship evolved into marriage and evolved into kids. And so I think watching that and then being able to try to figure out, you know, did I not meet that person in college or did I meet that person in college and it didn't turn into what I thought it would turn into? Am I missing someone? So I started to be like- Madison, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I want want to, normally I do work later, but I'm going to do work right here. Okay. What what if, even though you've watched your friends have that experience, Mm -hmm. what if that's not supposed to be your journey? And in this sense, Yes, they started out as friends and then best friends and then lovers. What mm-hmm. if instead of looking for that to to reappear in your life, what if you remain open to the possibility that he's going to come and he might not start off as your friend? It might not be a best friend scenario right away. You might start off as lovers and then work your way to friends. Or you might start out as people who are dating. You know what I'm saying? My point is... Just because that's their legend doesn't make it your mm. truth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm totally open to that. I just think that the lovers part will be hard for me because I am a believer in um, Okay, but I, I don't look, want... when I when I when I say beloved, we're we're gonna talk about that later on because I know what you're gonna okay. say. I don't I okay. don't I don't necessarily mean that y'all in the sheets, you know, and okay. you, you met you met yesterday. And now you, I, I, I mean, you don't necessarily start out as best friends or friends, but in a okay. normal dating scenario, you start out as people who are romantically interested in each other. I guess the point is this. Your journey will not be like the journey of your friends. Okay. Their outcomes will not be your outcomes because if that were the case, it would have already happened. And the point I'm making is Mm -hmm. the moment you allow that to die, the moment you say, you know what, 
That's their journey. That's their life. I celebrate it, but it's not mine. And I'm okay yeah. with that is the moment okay. I believe the right person shows up. Dr. Sean, you know what? I never even thought about that for myself, but you're right, because I can't grieve the fact that I didn't meet him in college. I didn't meet him in high there school. There you go. Uh, so I can't, I, I could grieve it and let it go and celebrate their relationships, but I have to be open to it may not be my journey. So I think you are right, and I never even thought about that. Yeah. For sure. Listen, I can relate to this. I've seen a lot of people that I knew at an early stage in my life do all kinds of things. And I go, well, what about me? <laughs> Wait a minute. How come that? And then I had to accept. That's not my story. Yeah. And I got something better for you. You ready to throw your shoe? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. It's one thing for it to happen the way it happened for everybody else. Yeah. It's another thing for it to happen when nobody ever thought it would happen for you, but it does. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. You got you. Get, my point is, you got to open up to however it happens, as long as it's yeah. in line with what you believe and who you believe in. But what is, what do we say in church? Anywhere you bless me, yeah, I'll yeah. be satisfied. That has yeah. to be your perspective. C can you feel that? Yeah, no, I could totally feel that. Like, I, I am a firm believer that God could open up a window in the sky. Like, you know, it, yes. it can happen anywhere. So I'm, I'm open to the possibilities of... So how do you it. feel about your love legend or, the, or the, the drama that you've had in your mind and your spirit, probably since you were a little girl? How do you feel about killing that? <laughs> uh, Look you at know, your face. I... Your face already told on you. Your face already told on you. But I'll let your mouth talk. Go ahead. I've been trying to do it my way for so long. Like even dating online, it just feels like it feels like the same thing over and over and over again. And I feel like I'm almost an addict. I'm like, okay, let me try it again. Okay, let me get off. Okay, I'm gonna try one more time. Okay, let me stay off for three months. And then, you know, it's this cycle. Like I feel like I'm a hamster on a hamster wheel. And I'm like, this, this can't be it. So uh and I the, would And the question is, Madison. Is it the men? Is it you? Or is it both? I am open to self-correction, right? Like, even when I get out of a, a dating situation, I try to, like, assess myself and see what part am I responsible for. Okay, so that, hold, hold, hold on. Hold on. Let, let's do that. Let's do that. And let's do okay. that by asking and then you answering this question. What kind of men keep popping up? Um, I think the kind of men, they haven't been like, there's not like a resounding thing like that. There's similarities. There's like the last guy that I met online, he was African-American and he, uh, we had the best time. I think our, our birthdays were like maybe three days apart. And he seemed to, like the date went amazing. Like we went to, um, we went to dinner first. We went to a movie. And then after that, I love cookies. I shouldn't be eating them, but I was like, oh, this cookie is hot. And so I was like, oh, let's go get a cookie. And then he likes, he made candles. And I'm like, oh, I love candles. So the date was great. But in terms of like his follow through after that, it mm -hmm. was like, it was crickets. And then prior to him, it was a guy who just moved to Dallas and he was, uh, I think he was Greek or some other nationality. Mm -hmm. And he was a little, um, I don't know the word to say, but he was a little too um, forceful. Uh, mm -hmm. And it was, it was a, a not... It, I didn't feel comfortable. It, it mm -hmm. made me feel a little uncomfortable. And mm -hmm. so I can't say that there's a resounding theme with any of the guys that I date or I have gone on dates with. Um, so I don't know. That's a hard, hard question and a harder answer because I don't think they're showing up. Now, I did meet a guy at the grocery store. And that was interesting because my mom was with me and she thought he was trying to like hook, hook me up with his son. I'm like, no, mama, that's not what he's trying to do. Uh, but he also, it felt like maybe I wasn't hard enough or played hard to get. Like, I don't know. Cause we went on one day and then after that, it was kind of the, the same thing. Okay. But he, here's, here's what I heard. Cause I'm, I'm a really good listener. So here's what I heard. 
Okay. I asked you what kind of men keep popping up. Uh-huh. And you said that, that there's not a theme, but there is a theme. Okay. <laughs> Here's the theme. The kind of men that keep popping up are men who are not fundamentally compatible to you. They are not people who are drawn to you in such a way that they yeah. either know how to follow through on that attraction yeah. or they know how to respect boundaries while being attracted to you. The point is what keeps popping up are people who are not completely aware, completely invested, or completely mm-hmm. respectful of you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm. Yes, and I can say there was a guy I met like maybe last year, and when I put boundaries up, uh, like I was like, I'm done, you know, because you didn't respect my boundaries in terms of like, you know, he said something like nothing when I say boundaries in terms of like uh, just what I was interested in and me being vocal about what I was interested in and then him not showing up in that way. And so I was willing to be done. And once I was done was when the pursuit started to happen even more. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, that, that's crazy. Listen, I, I got I got to take a break. When we come back, I, we're, we're going to have more discussion about how available Madison is. Right. For what she's asking for, because there's mm-hmm. a reason the wrong people keep showing up. There really is. Mm-hmm. And we're going to figure this out for her, okay. for me and for you. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. I'm talking to Madison Chase, (laughs) who I really like, by the way. Madison, we've been having a head discussion. I want to have a heart discussion now, okay? Which means I want you, because you are smart, and you are thoughtful, and you are well-spoken, but I want you to climb down out of your head (laughs) and into your heart. And I want to see if you can make this transition, because it's going to tell me a lot about your role in the subject that we're talking about. So... On some level, you really, I'm, I'm just projecting how I would be if I were you, okay. by saying, on some level, you really have to be disappointed to be going through this experience in this season of your life. Talk to me on emotional terms about that, di- that disappointment, that frustration. Oh, you're trying to make me cry. Um, I never thought that I would be here. Right. Mm, there it uh, is. Let that up. Let that up. And then have to, you know, move. There's been a lot of like really big life changes, right? Um, so I think for me to have to even be online, you know, try to meet people, it feels very disappointing. Mm. Um, so um I think just trying to like grieve. What I didn't have, I didn't meet my husband in college. I didn't meet him in high school. But here I am, and so how do I deal with now? And how do I open myself up um, to to find the person or be found by the person? So um, it is disappointing. It really is. Mm. It's very disappointing. But I try not to live in the disappointment. I try to live in what can I control. And what I can control is showing up as myself. I can control, um, you know, asking my friends, do you know somebody? I can control Hmm. uh, just showing up and and really like grieving the things that I need to grieve and letting go of the things that I need to let go of and moving and and living in the now and figuring out the things that I enjoy uh, and doing those things and staying focused on those things. Like I love playing golf, you know, so playing golf and, and hanging out with my friends and going to art shows and, and staying in that space of doing the things that I enjoy, you know, even writing and, and creating. And so I, I stay in that space, you know, and I love vintage clothes. So going vintage clothes shopping, retail therapy is great. Um, <laughs> so just staying in the place of being grateful for I'm here and there is always a seed, and I try to stay ho- hopeful of that little mustard seed because I'm no, I know that anything is possible, and just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean that it can't happen for me. So uh, yeah, and yeah, was- and and mm-hmm. what what I like about what you just did before you rush to the hope, which is what most believers do, 
Yeah. We don't spend enough time in Gethsemane. What I liked yeah. about what you just did is that you were honest. And honesty to me says that you can be emotionally available. First, always to yourself. Yeah. And then because to yourself, to someone else. Yeah. And that's why I went the line of the question that I, that I just took you down was to see, yeah. can Madison be open, emotionally available and vulnerable? Because there's no yeah. way someone else can come in unless you have the walls down first to yeah. yourself and then to yeah. someone else. And so what you just offered us from your heart, from your spirit is encouraging to me. And it makes me believe that in some ways, it hasn't happened not because there's something wrong with you. Maybe I invite you to consider the possibility that the one you are waiting for isn't ready for you. It's not perhaps that you're not ready for him, but yeah. he wasn't ready for you. Yeah. And maybe, let's take, the, let's take the thought to its next logical consequence, maybe all the things you missed and didn't get were God's way of saving your life. Mm. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. I think, you know, for me, I grew up in a very, um, it wasn't strict in the sense that I grew up in church, like the typical sense, but I just remember, you know, being introduced to, you know, girls that were having kids at a really early age. And, and I knew I didn't want that. And so I think, I have to... Um, Madison, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Because I want to make sure I get this in. Tell me what you're looking for. I need to hear... Because I haven't asked you this yet. So when you okay. think of him, describe... I mean, describe him from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. Go ahead. I want someone who is close to his family, uh, someone who takes care of himself, someone who has charisma, uh, someone, of course, who has all their teeth, that would be nice. Uh, someone that has, that I'm attracted to. And I'm attracted to people who are nice to people when they can't do anything for you. I'm who, you know, they're kind to the wait staff. I'm attracted to people who take care of themselves spiritually, mentally, physically, but then also the people that they say that they love in words and actions, like their mom, their family, their friends. Like, do you take care of those people? I'm attracted to someone who does something beyond themselves and for uh, other people. And, you know, you, you think about uh, your community, you think about... Um, people who are less fortunate, but not only do you think about it, but you do something about it as well. So and what, uh, I'm a, what, I'm someone on, who on. likes to laugh. Like, I love to laugh. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I want to make sure I get this. What role do you want them to play in your life? I would love a guy who can see me first, uh, love me, the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, no makeup, all of that, and um, someone who could also lead me, someone who has a relationship with, with Christ, not just religion, um, and someone who could pray over me, and like it's not their first time, like they're not new to doing that, um, and someone who likes to work out and hopefully uh, open to being vegan and dog sleeping at the end of the bed. Um, mm. Yeah, and loves to play golf. Mm. Okay. Now, I love all of that, okay. but, but it's missing a few things, okay? Okay. And I think, and when I say missing, it's not a condemnation of you or critique. Yeah. But I've been doing this long enough to know that there's some things that if you don't put in the desire basket, okay. who shows up won't be as wonderful as they might have been. So here it is. Mm. See, okay. I think it's always important, as much as you should mention the principal things that you said, that you always are clear when you talk to the Father or whatever it is you believe, mm -hmm. that, you, that you always include, I want someone who wants to hold my hand. Oh, Dr. Sean! And PDA is great, too. Yeah, I like I that. I want someone who wants to talk to me for hours. Yes! Yes! 
<laughs> What's coming up when I say these things? You are hitting the nail, the sledgehammer, all on the nail, the everything, because that is literally like I am a huge fan of rom-coms. So holding hands, PDA, romance, all of that stuff is super important. The big gestures, the small gestures, like my college boyfriend, after I graduated, he would write me love letters and he was like traveling, like an NFL player who just recently got drafted, but he was writing me love letters. Like who does that? He did, but you know, so those things are super important. So, so, me. so here's what I'm suggesting. And, and I'm, I'm okay. starting to see my way clear. What I'm suggesting is that you bring together the young Madison's list mm. with the more mature Madison list and Ooh. put those two lists together. You don't yeah. have to sacrifice one for the other. So all yeah. the principled and, and spiritual and mature things that mature Madison wants can exist yeah. alongside of all of the intimate and vulnerable and affectionate things that young Madison wanted. I'm yeah. saying maybe we haven't gotten there because the two lists aren't together. Oh, Dr. Sean. Yes, you are so right. Because that's not even on my list. It's not even on my prayer list. The, the young Madison. I remember the guy that I used to date, um, kind of like when I, before I moved to uh, the West Coast, um, he would say, you make me feel like I'm 16. And it was mm. because I was like, I was not afraid to wear my heart on my sleeve. I was not afraid to, you know, like when I saw him, I would do like jump or, jump on him and put my <laughs> legs around him. Like I would be that excited to see him. Like I wasn't afraid to like, this is who I am and I missed you. And like, so, and he would say that. And I felt like I was 16. So mm. I think that that's important to add to my list. I think so. And I think once you do that, yeah. You will have a different presentation and manifestation in the world. And yeah. I think what you attract, what is drawn to you, will be very different. It will yeah. be someone who includes not just the general things we want, but the yeah. very particular things that Madison needs. Because yeah. you've been getting the general, but you haven't yeah. been getting the particular. And yeah. I think the particular is is available and is accessible and ready for you. So, so from this, this day forward, I want you to put those two things together. I want you to be mature and wise and discerning and prayerful and principled, but also want you to be vulnerable and loving and affectionate and to be able to express that and to require that, that you require someone be able to do that. And when those two things come together, I don't know if perfection exists, but what is perfect for you yes. will be more available. Here's the last yes. thing I'm going to say to you before I let you go. I wish, I wish on some level you had had a different journey and that these things would have happened to you sooner and at a different stage of your life. And, of course, I wish for you what you had wished for yourself, that you would have met this person in college or in high school and had that, you know, that fairy tale, romantic movie kind of thing. Yeah. But I also understand something else, that there's some blessings we are supposed to get when we're older. Yeah. There's some things we only get when we can handle them. Yeah. And there's some things we can only have when the thing itself is ready to be had. And instead of condemning life for yourself, for when it happens, yeah. make yourself an available and ready for whenever it happens. Yeah. Because yeah. just because I took an earlier flight and I get to Miami before you do, as long as you get there, guess where we both are? In Miami. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Madison. Thank you. I hope you got something out of this. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Did I? I'm about to go make my list when I was 16 and writing in my diary. Like, I'm going to make that list. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Listen, everybody, I got some aha moments from this conversation. Madison's great. I think she's going to be absolutely fine. And so are you. We'll talk about the aha moment right after this. Wow. Interesting conversation, right? Powerful on some level. When you got to see your heart. 
you got to see more of who she really is. I had some aha moments. Highly play the bumper. This was the biggest aha moment that I had in that conversation. And that is, we want, you know, the principal deep spiritual things to be manifested in somebody. And those are good things, absolutely important things. You want somebody who is, who is kind and somebody who's smart and somebody who is all the wonderful things. But don't you ever forget to want somebody who wants you, to want somebody who wants to spend time with you, to want to be around someone for whom the responsibility of cuddling and holding and kissing and showing you affection is not a slight or a burden for them. It is a privilege and a prize. Because at the end of the day, what we want in wanting a relationship is companionship, right? Not just somebody you can pray with or go to church with or believe in Jesus with or pay the bills with or not even make, just make babies with but someone with whom you can lie gently on their shoulder or in their breast or whatever it is. That's important. And make sure you make that a part of all the things you look for when you're looking for somebody. Somebody who is a safe place for you to lay your heart and a wonderful place for you to rest your hand. Huh? I'm trying to tell you. Anyway, let's do some Ask Dr. Sean. Holly, play that bumper too, man. You guys always send me amazing videos, and this one is no different. Take a look at it. Hey, Dr. Sean, my name is Derek. I need some advice. I've been dating someone for a few months now, and their cooking isn't just bad, it's horrible. What do you recommend I do? That you learn how to cook? That's what I recommend. That's what I recommend that you do, sir. That you learn how to cook. Or that the two of you learn how to cook together. See, my answer, as curt as it was, is intended to be curt and short and flippant because if you have somebody who has 98% of everything that you want and the only thing they don't do well is cook, that's something you can get over. Like, that's not big on the list of problems to have with people. I know people who would love to be in a relationship with somebody where the only thing they could complain about was the fact that they didn't cook well. Because those people are in relationships with other people for whom and for which the list of things that are problematic are as long as my arm, if not longer. Sometimes you got to see the blessing in, blessing in the things that don't seem to be blessings. And if that literally is the biggest thing you can complain about, not only is it fixable, but it is a mercy, in the words of Toni Morrison. It's a mercy. You see, this is actually an opportunity. Sometimes when you find that someone has a flaw or a defect or something that they don't do well, it's actually the universe or God's way of giving you a chance to get to know them better and to have a greater connection in the area, not just of their deficiency, but also in the area of what you aspire to accomplish together. I say it simply, why don't the two of you go to cooking class together and, and crack eggs and, you know, mix butter together? That can be fun. It could also be romantic. And if you do it at home, it could be sexual. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. But anyway, this is an opportunity for both of you to grow. It's a chance for you to understand something that Madison, my guest tonight, is also going to have to understand is that there are no perfect people. Everybody comes with a list of things that don't make sense and are not always great. Okay? But if you can deal with that, and I know you can, you might have something special. Run to the special and don't let the things that make it somewhat problematic ruin the big thing that's wonderful for you. All right, somebody email me this question. <sighs> I'm going to Mexico to celebrate my friend's birthday. The man who I just started dating offered to go with me and try to pay for the trip. We've never had sex and I'm not ready to be intimate with him. Should I let him, should I, should I tell him rather how I feel or just go on the trip alone? All right, number one, don't let him pay for the trip. All right, because I'm just telling you right now, if a man pays for the trip and goes on the trip, he's expecting sex. Men ain't just paying for trips. <laughs> don't let him pay for the trip. You should tell him how you feel. 
And you should tell him how you feel because he deserves to know how you feel because you're dating him. And you shouldn't just tell him that you've decided either not to have him pay for the trip or not to go on the trip or that you're not ready to be intimate. You should tell him why. I tell you all the time, don't just give people the conclusion, give them the narrative, the story, the journey, and they'll line up with the conclusion twice as fast. I think in a lot of ways, this guy will respect you more if you say to him, no, I'll take care of the trip myself, and here's why. I don't want you to have any misconceptions about what my intentions and my practices and my behaviors are. I want to be clear and honest with you. I want to be direct but also compassionate and loving towards you by honoring you with the truth. Because the way you honor somebody is to tell them the truth. And that's what you should do with this young man. He's a good guy because he's offered to pay, but he's a guy. And he's not offering to pay for no reason. What you do is you say to him, listen, I understand, but that's not where I am in my journey and here's why. And if you can handle that and accept that, we can go for it. But if you can't, I understand. And then we can't go as far as I had hoped or would have liked. Good luck with that. You'll be all right. Let's take a break. We'll be right back with more Ask Dr. Sean right after this. Welcome back, everybody. I was thinking about that last question a little more where someone asks about a boyfriend who wanted to pay for a trip to Mexico, but she's not ready to have sex. Should she allow him to pay for the trip or should she go by herself? Because I, th I, think, I think a lot of people find themselves in a situation where someone is offering them something and you have to make a decision about whether or not to accept it. Because you have a suspicion that there are agendas and, you know, things that they want associated with the gift. There's nothing wrong with people wanting something. The only problem becomes is if you give them something that you didn't want to give. Okay? And whenever you have a sneaky suspicion that somebody might have an agenda or their strings attached, trust that feeling and address the situation from that perspective. And everybody will be better when it's all over. You may not be together, but you don't have to be together to be better. All right. Someone DM me this question, and I'll read it to you now. My boyfriend's close relationship with his former co-worker makes me uncomfortable, but he does not seem to care. How should I handle this? And could this be um, a sign that he's cheating with her? Well, not necessarily, okay? Um, unless you have a strong intuition or reason with evidence to believe that he is, um, I think it does not, I, I can't see that, it, it does not behoove anybody, you know, to sort of project onto this guy something that's actually not happening. You follow what I'm saying? I, I, think, I think the more important thing is for you to be honest with him about the relationship that makes you uncomfortable and then to proceed from that uh, to be strong enough to make a decision in light of what he's not willing to do. Okay? See, it's not really on him to decide um, what you will accept and what you won't accept. You've made a requirement, you've asked him for something, and he is unwilling to provide you with the kind of adjustments in the relationship that your maybe insecurities require. So here's the question. Since you asked me a question, I'll ask you one. What are you going to do now? Now he's decided not to acquiesce to what you want. Are you prepared to move forward with him knowing that he might still be connected in this way or without him, understanding that what you thought might be another relationship might not be another relationship. See, at the end of the day, this is an opportunity for you to have more security and more clarity in the decisions that you make. Now, should you have a problem with the fact that he's close to a co-worker uh, who, you know, he may or may not have something going on with? I don't know. It all depends on the integrity and the character of the person you're dating. Sounds to me that you don't trust his integrity and you don't trust his character. And you probably have a reason for not trusting that. You should probably listen to that intuition.
then it's not up to him. It's up to you, okay? Because I promise you there's life without him. <laughs> that sounds really harsh, but it's true. All right. Let's do another question. Someone DM me. I found out that the man I've been seeing has a fiance. He has never mentioned, whoa, that he was engaged. And we've been seeing each other for about three months. Do I leave things alone or do I tell his fiance what he's been up to? Okay. A, don't leave things alone. <laughs> this is not one of those situations where you just go, oh, let me just see if this works out. The man that you've been dating is engaged to somebody else. That is reason for immediate action. And the immediate action is that you get the hell out of there. Because the man that you're dating is engaged to somebody else. Not just dating somebody else. He has promised himself to promise himself to somebody else. And he's violating the trust of both of you. Hell no, you shouldn't leave this alone. Right away, you should summon the self-respect and the courage that anybody should have in this situation and to tell him that he needs to get his stuff together and he will not work out his issues on the playing and the playing field of your life. That you are not the paint and he ain't the picture. <laughs> and, you know, I know there's a bro code. I'm assuming there's a sister code, and I'm, a, I'm not a sister, but I'm assuming somewhere in the sister code, it probably says that when one woman finds out that the man she's been dating is engaged to another woman, that those two women probably, probably need to have at least one conversation. You probably should let this woman know that the man she thinks she's going to marry has been taking you out on dates. Sure, that's going to blow up his spot, but his spot needs to be blown up. It needs to be blown up because maybe this is the entree for him, be him becoming rather a better person. Now, you don't know how the other woman is going to respond. She may be angry and all of that. Uh, I'm assuming you didn't know. You said in your, your, your message to me that you didn't know. So you didn't know what you didn't know. It's hard to be mad at somebody when they didn't know. But even if she's mad at you and blows up, here's what you do. You have that conversation, and then you block both of them. Because <laughs> you don't need to talk to her again, and you definitely don't need to talk to him again. You understand what I'm saying? But what you don't need to do is to act like nothing ain't happening. This man has disrespected you. He has completely tossed aside any sense of your value and what's important about you, to you, and also obviously to him. This is the opportunity for you to reclaim the ground and to stand your ground, not just as a performance for him, but as a reassertion of who you are to yourself so that you will know henceforth and going forward forevermore that you know how to handle situations like this so that you won't be afraid ever to be in this situation again. I want you to summon the courage and all, that, all that's required to look this man in the face and say it stops today. The games you've been playing all stop today. Now, it may not stop for you, but it's going to stop for me because I'm no longer playing. I'm not 12. The days of my playing games are over. And that's what he needs to hear. And let me say this last before I take this break. Pray for that other woman. Pray for her. She's about to have a lot of hard conversations and deal with a lot of hard emotions None of which, by the way, she deserved either. We'll be right back. When here's what doesn't make sense. Crazy things going on in the world, and there's a lot of it. And I got some of it for you right after this break. Hey, everybody, welcome, welcome back. And towards the end, we always love to do a little something called here's what doesn't make sense. Play the bumper, Holly. Highly cut me off. <laughs> He's so rambunctious. All right, listen to this. This is an interesting story, okay? Settle down, people. Listen to this. Baby's born in South Korea. The government assigns to all babies born in South Korea a year at the moment of their birth. So when you were born in South Korea, 
and you go, you know, nine months, you know, six, three months, six months, nine months, and then a year. At South Korea, no, that first year is your year. So when you come to your first birthday in South Korea, in South Korea, you're actually two. You get it? In America, you work your way up to one, but in South Korea, you're stuck that way. <laughs> so your first birthday is actually your second birthday for them. It's interesting, is it not? But in South Korea, recently they just passed the law saying that they're going to change that. And so now, everybody who thought they were one age are about to be another age, <laughs> just arbitrarily. Everybody in South Korea is about to be a year younger than they were yesterday. You follow what I'm saying unto you people? So let me see if I can get this right. I'm not good at math. So if you're 32 right now, then next year you're still going to be 32, right? Yeah, you're still, it's like daylight savings. Exactly. You're still going to be 32. So whereas you would normally go up a year, you're just going to stay where you are because now in South Korea, whereas you thought you were 32 right now, you're actually 31. <laughs> Can I just say, I wish I was in South Korea? I wish I was South Korea just for this reason alone. You can tell me that you could just knock off a year, just take a year off my age. I love it. How about we take 10 off mine? <laughs> Woo! Come on, people. You know, some, for some of us, this is a wonderful thing. Because a lot of us have a preoccupation with age, and we don't like the fact that we're getting older. I just talked to my son the other day who was commiserating his age. I just looked at it. I, 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 just, I just thought, you know what? Just stop it. But apparently, age is so arbitrary and time is so arbitrary that the South Koreans have figured out a way to give everybody an extra year so that they're all younger. You know, I, I'm supposed to be telling you about the thing that doesn't make sense about this. And here's the part that doesn't make sense, is how much power we give time and age. You see, if you ask the moon how old it is or what time it is, the moon doesn't know. The moon has no clue how old it is or what time it is, because it doesn't play by those rules. Time and age are something that we created and something that we use to abuse and limit and hurt and stifle ourselves. See, what would you, sometimes I ask my guests this question. What would you do if your age and your money didn't matter. What would you be doing with your life? How would you be addressing yourself? I think we need to get to the place where we really understand that. This story proves that age is arbitrary. It really is. Quite frankly, it doesn't matter how old you are. So, and, and, and instead of being focused on how old you are or how young you are, how about you do something with the life that you have? Because whatever age you are, will pale in comparison to the joy that comes in knowing that you have lived a life worth the trouble of getting out of the bed in the morning. All right, let's move on. <clears throat> so, a student at Winston-Salem State University, which happens to be a HBCU in North Carolina, was arrested in the middle of class because she allegedly would not apologize to her white professor over the assignment for a final exam. Let's take a look at this video. Wow. So Layla Hamoud was handcuffed and let out of the class by campus police because of a disagreement that she had with her professor, Dr. Cynthia Villagomez. So here's apparently what happened. The professor told the students six hours before a group project was due that the project that was going to be presented in the class needed to be redone because it was done in incorrectly. Then apparently the student refused to comply with the professor's, professor's rather request. And the student still came to class frustrated and expected to present with the group anyway. That's when the professor and the student then got into a shouting match with each other, which ultimately ended with the professor asking the student to leave the classroom. The student saying that she would not leave. The professor calls the campus police and what we saw in the video and what we see there on the screen is the student being arrested. Now, of course, 
a professor, especially a white professor or whatever ethnicity this professor happens to be, should not be calling the police on black students at a historically black college or university. These places ought to be repositories of safety where we are not subjected to the whims and wishes of a bigoted and racist criminal justice system. Professors should not be calling the police on students for something as trivial as not leaving the class. But before I run out of time, there's several places in the story where this story could have gone differently and better. Please understand this. Somebody yelling at you is not a reason to call the police, obviously. Somebody not completing an assignment is not a reason to call the police. But there's several moments when the professor could have been more of an adult, not the least of which the professor should have given the students more time to complete the assignment, and the professor should have been an adult and not got into an ego fight with the student. Students should have left the classroom, but the student is a student for a reason. And the professor is a professor also for a reason. Everybody grow up. Stop leading with your ego. Anyway, thank you for tuning in tonight. Everybody looking for love, don't just look for people who match your principles. Look for people who want to spend time with you as well. I'll see you next time. Y'all be good to each other, okay? I love you. Nothing you can do about it. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.